You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena, the parochial vicar of St. Anne's Parish in Butte, Montana, and chaplain of Butte Central Catholic Schools. Enjoy. God cannot suffer, but he can suffer with us. These beautiful and sort of mysterious words come from St. Bernard of Clairvaux, and I think they're at home in this gospel. You know, it's difficult for us to see Jesus weeping, to imagine God crying. Why is that? I think the first reason would be for the saying that it's difficult for most of us, especially men, sort of hide ourselves when we're crying, or we apologize to those around us if we, if we weep in public. And I think that's because when we, when we cry, we're vulnerable, and we hate to be vulnerable because it makes us look weak. And we hate to be weak because, at best, the people who are weak are pitied by those around them, and, and at, at worst, they're taken advantage of. So we're always wary of that. And it's the same reason why an elk, after the rut, goes off by himself and just lays down, sort of doesn't want to see anyone around him, or doesn't want anyone around him to sort of witness his weakness. Is the alpha male. And so it's difficult for us to see that. And it's not even that easy to interpret this gospel because when we look closely, the passage is one of the most unusual gospels, one of the most unusual stories in the whole gospel, though it's beautiful. But I think we need to take a deeper look at the narrative and, and see what Jesus is doing here. What is he trying to show us? As much as we can understand Jesus. So first, he hears that his friend Lazarus is ill and chooses to remain where he is for two days instead of going straight to him. And then, of course, he's God, so he knows when Lazarus has died, tells his disciples this, and tells, him that, tells them that he's glad for their sake that he was not there and that he's going to awaken him. So the disciples are confused, and if we're reading it closely, we're confused. But then even more confusing, he shows up at the grave and weeps by the graveside. You know, and, and of course, Lazarus was his friend, so it's normal to cry when a, when a friend passes. But he's planning to resurrect him from the dead in a few moments, so why, why weep for him? And then if, if it's that big of a deal that he died, then why, didn't, why did he wait for two days? Why didn't he just come right away to his sick friend? As Martha and Mary ask. You know, I think it's because it's not for Lazarus that Jesus is weeping. It's not the death of his friend. What do the scriptures tell us here? It says, when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping he became perturbed and deeply troubled. Jesus is fully God. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he looks upon the sorrow of these people, the bitterness and despair that the death of Lazarus has caused, and he weeps. You know, he sees the Jews who question him, saying, you know, couldn't he have done something about this? He's the one who heals everyone. Couldn't he have come and done something? He sees that the victory of death in the lives of these people, the misery and despair that it's caused, and he weeps for them and for us. Because you know, how many of our lives are, are defined, or at least 
indelibly marked by the death of a loved one. You know, and there's never a good time. It's like, it doesn't even matter if it's your 93-year-old grandma that you loved or you lost a child or a friend in their teen years. There's never a good time. We see so clearly the evil of death and we don't understand it. You know, and moreover, when we look at God, we, we think that his perfection somehow prevents him from feeling our pain, from suffering with us. You know, it's like, how could a perfect God who knows everything, who's all-powerful, feel the pain of imperfect mortal human beings? And I think that's because we don't understand God. You know, because whatever good we have, which, you know, the, the injustice, feeling the injustice of death is a good thing. Um, and whatever good we have, God has infinitely more perfectly than us. You know, he can't give us attributes that he himself doesn't have. And, and in this world as it is, every act of love is an act of suffering. You know, Benedict XVI puts it really beautifully. He says, in the end, even the yes to love is a source of suffering. Because love always requires the giving up of myself, the giving up of the I, in which I allow myself to be pruned and wounded. You know, love simply cannot exist without a painful renunciation of myself, because otherwise it's selfishness, and then, and then it ceases to be love. You know, we can't love without renouncing ourselves for the sake of another. And we can't renounce ourselves without suddenly being vulnerable to that other person. You know, Jesus sees the suffering of humanity, those gathered around Lazarus' tomb, and he, and he takes their suffering, our suffering, upon himself because he loves us. And he responds by raising Lazarus from the dead. Um, and, as, and as incredible of a miracle as that is, it's really only a sign of God's actual response to the evil of death. Because Lazarus is going to die again. You know, it's a, it's a temporary raising from the dead. He's still a mortal person. When God looks upon the miserable suffering of the world, he, he doesn't settle, settle for petty miracles, you know, as great as that miracle is but he actually makes himself vulnerable to the same suffering that causes our misery. You know, we sinned in the garden, and the consequence of that sin was death. God takes that curse upon himself, and, and in a very literal way, enters into our misery. Uh, and his death is actually what gives us eternal hope. You know, and this is God's question, answer to the question of suffering and evil. The question that every Christian, every person in the world asks. You know, will we ever understand fully the mystery of suffering or, the, or, or somehow the mysterious way that God brings good out of that suffering? Sometimes we get the sort of hindsight to see the great good that God brought out of a particular suffering in our life. But most of the time we don't. At least not enough to justify it. Yet we know in the gospel, that, that Jesus Christ allowed the greatest evil in the history of the world to take place, which was his own creation, us, crucifying him. And out of that, he brought the greatest imaginable good, which is the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life with him. And if he can do that, then he can do anything. And I think this is the only worthwhile 
answer to the question of evil and suffering and the question of death. You know, because the only other alternative is to look at this great evil in the world and deny the existence of God. But then in doing so, we declare that all suffering and evil is in fact meaningless because without God, there is no meaning in the world. And that's not an answer to the question. I think Jesus Christ is the only answer to the question of death. And he came among us that he might weep at the tomb of Lazarus with us. Weep at the tomb of all of our loved ones with us. And yet he didn't stop there. He doesn't just come to suffer with us. He comes to do something about it because he's God. And what he did was rise from the dead in order that we may someday rise from the dead and that we may have eternal life with him. Amen.